Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... The Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by Libro FM Audiobooks. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from local bookstores. You can pick from more than 125,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro FM, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there, but you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. And I know, listeners, I know that that's a story you want to be a part of, too. So, listeners of the Children's Book Podcast can get two audiobooks for the price of one, or pay $14.99 up front for two audiobook credits when you start a monthly membership today. Go to Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter WINNER. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you are supporting local bookstores. It's been a while. Too. Like, it's so much fun. It was so much fun two years ago. I'm just like, yes, I get to do this again. Two years ago. Can you believe it? Two Time years. Is flying. What's your name? Does anyone ever say it wrong? This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 607. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. Today I'm joined by Jamila Tompkins Bigelow, as well as a team of summer camp co-hosts. That's right, my fourth and fifth grade podcast students helped with today's interview. Jamila's newest picture book is called Your Name is a Song. It's illustrated by Luisa Uribe. And Luisa's art absolutely dances all across the pages to help bring this story to life. The girl who leads our story is upset after her teacher and classmates struggle to pronounce her name. As they walk home, the girl's mom shares that her name is a song. And the names can stretch out like love songs. They can come from your chest and your heart. They can be fire or strong like a storm. For any child who has ever felt, for any reason, ashamed or embarrassed by their name, Jamila's story sings through the noise and the anger and the hurt to offer comfort. We had so much fun with this interview, and we hope you'll enjoy it as well. Please welcome our guest, Jamila Tompkins Bigelow, author of Your Name is a Song. Well, hello, I'm Jamila Tompkins Bigelow. My pronouns are she, her, hers, 
and um, I am a children's book author. I've written a few picture books, some that are um, coming down the line. I've done a little bit of um, MG writing, middle grades writing, um, and I'm still continuing with that. I'm pushing forward with that. And uh, I also uh, teach kids too in, in community writing programs. So I'm used to working with children of all ages and teenagers. I'm always working with youth in some way and doing fun writing programs with them. So, Is it fair to say that you like working with children? Welcome, by the way. I'm glad you're here. Do you like working with children? I love working with children. And the thing is, um, I can't really pin down an age group that I love working with. I'm, I'm a person who I can have fun with toddlers and I have teenagers and I can have fun with everybody in between. I love the different kinds of activities you can do with different groups and the different kinds of conversations you can have with different age groups. I just love youth. I love young, young people. I'm having deja vu. I feel like you and I talked about this two years ago, but that's one of the reasons why I'm a librarian because I get to work with preschool through fourth grade. I love that whole age range. And some of the students that are joining us today are actually about to go to fifth grade, so I won't get to see them anymore. But students, I'd love for you to unmute yourself and just say hi. Why don't we start with, I'm gonna use their first initials, E. Can you say hi? Hi. <laughs> How about J? Hi. C? <laughs> oh, we got a little giggle. That was my favorite. And K. Hi. All right. Well, all of our internet seems to be working. We're doing a different kind of recording than normal because one, we're on quarantine, which means we're not able to be in the school and doing this together. And two, I usually record over Skype and we turned video off. It's very different to be on Zoom and to see one another. But I got to say, I'm loving the smiles and the focus. And this is really... It's really making, making me feel all the feels. So Jamila, we reached out to you because you have this gorgeous new picture book called Your Name is a Song. We have a lot of questions for you, but I wonder if first you could introduce that book to us. What is this book, Your Name is a Song? So uh, Your Name is a Song is a picture book about a little girl who on the first day of school, she, no one pronounces her name correctly, not her teacher, not, not any of the kids in her class. And so we meet her at the end of this day and she's just really upset and really angry about the fact that no one could say her name correctly the whole day. And her mom cheers her up by helping her to think about how the, the beauty of names, how names can be like songs and all sorts of things. Um, helps her to deal with the kinds of things people might have said about her name or, or the insults people might have said about her name so that um, and to understand the beauty of her name and other kinds of names so they, they go into different um, names from um, multiple culture cultures like looking at the beauty of those names rather than seeing them as like something bad and I think and at the end the girl feels really empowered um, to love her name and I don't say the girl's name throughout the book because uh, I just kind of want it to be something that you know comes at the end and where everybody gets to say it and really you know appreciates it so that's why I keep calling her the girl. <laughs> that was one of our questions for you is is what made you decide not to tell the readers the name of the girl until the very end of the story. You held that out from us. Was that something that was always planned when you wrote this book to not give away that name? 
So there were, there were a couple things that went through my mind. Um, in the beginning, I actually was thinking about never naming her, which, I, which is a horrible decision, actually. Never naming but her? Oh. My, thought, my thought about it, thought, the reason for doing that was I kind of, I sort of saw her as this universal girl. I wanted everybody to kind of imagine that um, this was their name too. You know what I mean? Like, so I wanted her to have the name of the child who whose name does get mispronounced. I wanted that child to be like, oh, her name is my name. And so for a long time, I was like, I don't know. And then it was so hard to even come up with the name. So it was sort of like a lazy thing to do. It was like, what do I call this girl? (laughs) How does it fit? I need to come up with a really creative, interesting, different name. So it was kind of a laziness thing. And it was actually my husband, because he's the first person probably who reads my books. My family reads my books first before I start like sending it to other people to give me advice on them. And he read it and he's like, what's her name? She needs a name. This whole time you just like write this story without her name. And then um, I, I eventually come up with this name and I still felt like, no, I think the whole time though, that it just would make the moment more dramatic if everyone hears it at the end and sings it at the end. So that's why um, it ended up being there. I love first that all of my students here, their eyes got so big when you were like, it was laziness. I didn't want to really name the kid. <laughs> I, I know that we have questions. Writers can be lazy. Writers can be lazy. We have questions all over the place, Jamila. <laughs> we are in a summer camp where we're all doing podcasting together. And yesterday we focused on coming up with questions. And when we were brainstorming how people come up with questions, especially for authors, we realized that our questions fell into these different categories about what it means to be an author, what it means to write, and then specific inspirations about your story. So if you don't mind, I'm gonna turn it over to my students to ask you a couple questions too, because I wonder now that we've heard from you a little bit where their brains are going in their curiosity. So Jay, can I ask you if you would like to share our first question? Yeah, um, my first question, is did anyone or anything inspire you yes that's a really good question thanks jay um so what inspired me was actually i had a high school student at the time i was teaching in high school and he told me his name was his middle name was Illumide, and i just thought that was such a pretty name it was so it's just so beautiful Illumide. and if you read the meaning of the name is beautiful too the sound is so beautiful Illumide. and um I remember thinking to myself, Illumide, Illumide, that name is a song. And, uh, you know, I focus on words and names and things like that a lot as a writer. And I remember thinking, your name is a song. That sounds like the name of a book title. That would be such a cool book title. But what would that book be about? And so I had to figure out what the book would be about. But Illumide, the name Illumide is what actually got that story started. You know, and that's why it's kind of, it's the first name that's mentioned in there is Illumide is a melody, you know, because it's just such a, I, I still love that name. I love that it started with an actual kid mm-hmm. and then a title of a book and you asking... <laughs> What is that book? What is this idea? That's neat that you were taking questions to lead you through that process. Jay, that was a great question to start us off. Thanks. Students, who wants to ask the next question? Can you raise a hand so I can see? Sure, Kay, why don't you go next? What is your favorite book that that you've written? 
Now you've got that how many deep. published at this point? You have two picture books and you, you were a contributor on, on an anthology at this point, right? Yes. And so is it just what I've written or what? Um, and I have, Ooh. so, cause I have two under contract. Um, You've also, I assume, written maybe like 50 or 60 books and we only yeah. have sold a certain number. So this is, I like, let's, let's leave it just like he asked. What's the favorite Open. book that you've written? There's so many um, different reasons why I would love a book. Like Your Name is a Song is definitely a top one for me. I love it. Um, like I feel like books do special things, different things for me, each one. Um, that is a that is a very challenging question. Mommy's Kimar is like it, it's it's my spirit. Uh, you know, it, it is um, the chat the inner child in me. So I love that book for that reason. Um, yeah, it's that is a tricky question. Um, I I don't even know how to I you know I and I love it though that's the thing it's such a tricky question but I love it because it makes me think about the reasons why I love the different books that I've written I mean there's some books that I don't like so much that I've written but <laughs> are, it's true you know they're that are on the shelf and they're not on the shelf for a reason and I'm not trying to submit them right now because it's like ah. but <laughs> but there are so, a lot of books that I've written um, that are published or going to be published or they're not quite um, even, they're being, maybe being submitted or haven't been submitted yet. And I just love them because for different reasons, but I think what I love about a book is when it expresses something, some part of me um, or it supports or um, celebrates the kids that are in my life in some way, that's, those are the books that I love. So I love it for those reasons. Um, and I just love good language. So if I feel like, you know, that this feels like braggy, but if I feel like, oh my gosh, I love that line that I wrote, um, <laughs> you know, then I, I like can just that. love a book like that. It's like, I love that I wrote that line, um, you know, but I, I just love good language. And this is why I love a lot of books too. I can't pick a favorite from other authors because it's like, this book is amazing just for that one line, um, you know, but then there are lots of books like that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I didn't really answer your question. <laughs> I, <think laughs> but you I, did, don't, I guess the answer is I don't a favorite. <laughs> it it felt a favorite. lot to me like a, a mother trying to uh, explain why she doesn't have a favorite child because there are favorite things about each child that, that can't be compared. And I think that, that that's a really beautiful thing. And I think, Kay, it's a neat thing, too, to reflect on how your favorite book by that author might be different from why it's their favorite book. Like, readers interact with books in different ways. I think that's a neat, a neat thing to bring that up. So I'm glad that question was asked. The Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by listeners like you. Learn how you can support the show and access exclusive podcast episodes, a book club, and more by visiting patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner. That's patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner. Hey, C, do you want to ask the question next? Go ahead. 
Jamila, did your name get mispronounced? That's a, gr- a great question. Yeah, I had some trouble hearing some of the audio. So it's a question, is my name, did my name influence the, the story? Is that what the question was? Yeah. Yeah, has anyone ever mispronounced your name? Yeah, uh, so uh, for sure. Um, so in school, Jamila can pronounce you know, multiple ways. Um, so, you know, um, Jamila, Jamal, Jamilia. Um, so I've had that, Jamila. Um, my last name, um, my maiden last name, so before I got married, just Tompkins, but no one says Tompkins, right? <laughs> so, and that's not the biggest deal to me, but it's still kind of funny, but it's always Thompson or Tompskins or Thompsons or something weird, Tom, you know, like people have trouble with that, Tompkins. Um, so that's crazy. And then because I don't know why, but I decided that I really wanted a hyphenated last name. I still do. I like it. But I have an incredibly long hyphenated last name. <laughs> so that's also to so people. So I go to the doctor's office and I'm like, can't skin big. Like they have a really hard time with this long last name. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I like, so that did influence me because I know what that feels like. And I don't know, I just like long, difficult names that make people have to stop <laughs> pronounce them. So Jamila Tompkins Bigelow, you're going to have to figure out how to say it. And I, I like, um, I, I've seen a lot. The other thing that influenced me is really because I have been teaching for so long, whether it was in a classroom, in a school, or whether it was in you know the community. And I've seen a lot of teachers who just don't pronounce students' names correctly and don't really care that they don't pronounce them correctly. Um, so that really bothered me. You know, the, you know, I've had teachers have attitude, oh, whatever her name is, I know, you know. So I've, you know, and so that's always, that kind of bothered me because I thought about that. And as, as a teacher, it was always important to me to get kids' names. You know, I would try to, I actually would make it a game to try to memorize every kid's name in my class in like the first 20 minutes, which is like crazy, but it's something to try. It's actually a good teacher trick because it does help you to memorize their names and get them fast. If you're like, make it a game, like I have to memorize and try to get them in 20 minutes. So I would try to do this all of the time and I would go around and ask every kid very quietly as they were doing quiet work you know, tell me what your name is. And I would like, you know, so that I could hear it and they wouldn't be embarrassed by me mispronouncing their names. Um, so those were, I think, the two influences that really pushed me to, to, to want to um, tell a story like that. Jamila, I want to have my student E share a question. And while she gets ready, I want to share with you that we were talking yesterday about names being mispronounced. And a really interesting thing that came up that I think was inspired by our conversation about your book was that some of us have names that aren't mispronounced but instead are shortened and are shortened without our permission. We are given nicknames without asking to have a nickname. And that 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 reflection on that was causing us to feel disrespected. 
to say the least. I think when someone says your name correctly, you feel a certain amount of respect from them. And so that was that was a, a, something that we were talking about as well. You've gotten to meet all of these students and they might be familiar names to you, um, but knowing that some of them have been mispronounced or have just been involuntarily shortened was something that was causing frustration. And so that was another aspect of this conversation about your book that I, I wanted to share with you that, that we were carrying on. I have a secret actually, because um, this book was much longer. I had to cut it down. There was a whole section about people shortening names. So my, you know, someone said my name was too long and they, you know, and they gave me a, this nickname. And so um, I, I had to cut it out because there was too many words, but there was, I did think about that because that is frustrating when people are like, you know, oh, I'm just going to call you Jam. You know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like I'm happy, like, you could be Jammy. And it's like, I don't know if I want to be jammy. <laughs> so then for the sequel to this book, no. <laughs> no, I was saying that my name is Matthew and I go by Matthew and I introduce myself as Matthew and immediately people will shorten my name to Matt and I, I don't like it, but I don't, people, we were saying people don't do that because they don't like you. That just is sort of their inclination and that, can cause confusing feelings sometimes. But I'm really proud to, to say that all of my students have shared stories about how they assert themselves and say, no, actually, this is how my name is pronounced, or this is the name I go by, which is really good. So um, I've been talking a lot. Sorry, E, I didn't mean to keep your question from coming out. Would you like to share a question next, please? Um, are you more drawn to the books that are mirrors for you, for you or to books that are windows for you? Um, I'm definitely more drawn to books that are mirrors because um, I think that it's only been as a recent, like recent, where there are a lot of books that are mirrors. Um, so when I was a little girl, I did not have very many mirror books. I had a lot of window books, um, but not very many mirror books. So um, that was a little challenging and it was kind of shocking to me um, I think in fifth grade is really when I saw started started to see mirror books, and that was a shocker to me because it felt made me I didn't even know I knew, needed those books to see them, but um, I remember feeling like wow this these characters look like me, live in similar places to me, and have you know talk like people in my family, and um, you know it, it it felt like coming home. So I, I think for me, even now, I, that little girl who was, I was obsessed with, it was obsessed with books. And um, that little girl that still is obsessed with books still needs those mirror books. And, and sometimes I think that's why I love still, I love to read children's books even now because I'm still that little girl who wants that book. So thank you. I, that was a great question, E. Thank you for that. Uh, we, we've had, as you can imagine, this school year, a lot of discussions about windows and mirrors and the need for both. We talked about Dr. Rudine Sims Bishop and her work, and we've reflected on that representation in our stories. And I would love to ask you about really all of the names in this book, because when we choose a name for a story, I know that there's thought behind it. But I wonder first, um, Jamila, if you would mind if I read a little bit to you, would that be okay? Yeah, sure. I thought that would be a nice way to give um, listeners a chance to hear 
this book because one of the qualities I loved the most in how you built up the idea of a name being like a song was not only a reflection on how we say each other's names as songs. Like if I were to say your name affectionately, I might say Jamila. And that just is a natural thing that we do. Or maybe it was <laughs> taught to me as a kid or a parent. I don't, I don't know. But that's how I've learned it. Um, and you do that in this book. You give readers those cues about how this name is, is drawn out and feels long. Or this name feels like it has punch or has fire. And in that way, you're, you're helping us also to pronounce the names, as well as giving us, um, what would you say, like phonetic, um, phonetic pronunciation guide. So yeah, no way. It's great. I just feel like the 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 way you structure this book is just doing, it's doing a lot. And here I am, like a good teacher, holding up the book like I'm going to read it aloud to you, realizing we're just recording audio. I don't need to show you, but <laughs> let me let me go ahead and read. <laughs> I can't help myself. So the text goes, oh boy, um, let me start from the start. I should say, by the way, your illustrator, Louisa, is her last name pronounced Uribe? I wasn't sure of her last name. Uribe. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uribe. Um, mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful, uh, like pastel palette employed throughout this book. It's really pretty. So we start with the girl saying, I'm not coming back ever again, the girl stomped. Please don't stomp unless we're stepping in a drill team, Mama said. Was your first day of school so bad? The girl looked down. No one could say my name. Not one? Not even your teacher? Mama asked. She tried. It got stuck in her mouth. A street musician swayed and played. Mama closed her eyes until she swayed too. Tell your teacher that your name is a song. The girl wrinkled her brows. I can't say that. Names aren't songs. Sure they are. Take the name Olamude. Olamude is a melody, girl. And so is Kotane. The girl whispered names, tap to tap, went her feet. Mamadou is a beat. Tandolwetu stretches out like a love song. And I love, Jamila, I'm going to stop there, that you're giving us that rhythm, tap to tap. We were talking about our own names, that my name is Matthew, so it's tap, tap. And we talked about emphasis mm -hmm. and how not just pronouncing the sounds, but also putting the emphasis in the right place is how a name is represented. And that's important too. So I just wanted to share a little love for the way you wrote this book. And also like a good teacher, the way that I've read this book a couple times and I'm still practicing the names because I want to get them right. So thank you for that care you put into this story. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, so thank you so much. <laughs> so I know we have more questions. I see one, I see one of my students doing a tap to tap on his drink, which is making me <laughs> really aware of how when we talk over video we influence each other that way that we're having this this language um without using words too but see i saw that you had a question do you want to unmute and ask your next question oh yeah um 
Are you really good friends with other authors that write about how their names are sometimes mispronounced? Oh, how cool. That's a two-parter. So one, asking about if authors are friends with authors is definitely something I want to hear. But then I want the conversation, see, about other people writing books about names. This is awesome. That was a question we didn't prepare for. So you're blowing my mind. Yay. Okay, sorry. Jamila, I'm going to stop talking so that you can start. Okay, so um, I am friends with other authors, uh, for sure. Um, that's kind of the one of the cool things about becoming a writer is I, I did get to know all of the, I have gotten to know all of these cool writers. Um, you know, I love people like Ashley Franklin. Um, SK Ali is, she's like, such a great support, it's like one of the most supportive souls I've ever met. Um, Tamika Fryer Brown is a great person to know. Um, Aya Khalil, um, you know, there are certain people who, um, you know, I talk to. Um, Kelly Starling Lyons is just a great support. We're not, we, I don't know her that closely. I just know her better because she's just amazing. Our interactions have just been really great. Um, Kelly had two books on our mock Coretta Scott King Award this year. So we all <laughs> read her books. One was called Sing a Song, which was illustrated by Keith Mallett. The other was Going Down Home with, Going Down Home with Daddy, illustrated by Daniel Minter. So uh, yay, for, yay for, for those names, yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. Like, I love, love, love. Um, you know, what uh, she does, her work. So, you know, having her, you know, you know, interacting with her, talking with her, having her promote my work has been amazing. Um, yeah, there's just, there are, um, Sadia Faruqi is a great person to know as well. So there's just a lot of good authors. I don't know if I am close with any authors who've written name books just because there aren't that many. Um, I mean, there are, but... You know, I mean, I, I love how Alma got her names, um, you know, by uh, Juana Martinez Neal, but I didn't actually, um, I'm, you know, I've, I've, you know, talked with her, but we're not necessarily the best of friends. I would love to be friends with her. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know anyone um, who has written a, a name book that I can think of off the top of my head. I know I'll think about it later, like, oh yeah, you do know this person. <laughs> You'll probably... You'll end up on some book lists where librarians are like, here's 10 books about making sure a child's name is pronounced the right way. And then you'll start to see these other sort of author contemporaries for right. that focus, however you would call that. But that, that's neat. And it's neat to know that authors are friends with authors. I would imagine that you can be a great support for one another in sharing your writing as well. Not just that your husband reads the books first, but also that, <laughs> that other authors read them. <laughs> so students, do you, do you have any other questions? We're getting close to the end of our time. I wanna make sure you have a chance to ask if you want to. Looking for a hand. Oh, I see, excited faces. Go Jay, go. Um, will you make any more books like Your Name is a Song? Uh, I hope so. Um, and uh, I, I do like uh, books that are about like school dynamics, what happens in school. I actually do have one coming out in 2021 called Abdul's Story, 
And Abdul's story really just focuses on a boy who is embarrassed about the way that he writes. So um, that that one is still kind of it's a you know in a school story. So I like those kinds of books because that's kind of my experience has been with kids in schools. So um, yeah, and then just you know other books where kids just feel empowered and and you know take pride in who they are. I, I'd love to write more books like that. See? Well, you've got, oh, and see, I'm going to give you just a second. Let me just add on to one thought, if you don't mind, to that. You've got um, that beautiful message of empowering kids in your name is a song. I love that the girl at the end of the story, not only we see her have a bump with her teacher, I think sometimes it can be hard for adult, for kids to speak up to adults and have agency with adults. That can be challenging. And adults, you know, we our pride gets in the way and we get embarrassed if we say your name wrong or whatever. But to have the girl correct Ms. Anderson, but also have that moment where she's connecting with her whole class, saying all of their names and tapping all of the names and singing all of their names, I thought was a really uh, beautiful way to model that, that, that children you know, lead the way and can show us and, and teach us all a lot of neat things that you all have this great agency. See, it is your turn to share. What you were talking about this new book coming out in 2021, was that also inspired by one of your students or what did you just think of the idea? Oh yeah, that was inspired by a student too. That's a good question. Um, that was inspired actually by a six-year-old. Um, you know, and an, it was a after-school writing program, or no, like a weekend program or something. And um, you know, we were the program was called. It was a workshop called Kid Authors. We're all going to be authors, and so all of us very excited. They're going to be authors. They're writing page upon page and illustrating the pages of their books. And um, this little boy wrote, you know, just a little bit, like maybe a sentence and then stopped and was like, I'm done. And I said to him, um, you know, well, this is great. This is a great start. But, you know, do you want to, you know, want to write a full book? You know, you, you, you can, you know, look at. And he said, oh, I'm not a writer like they are. I'm not a writer like them. And, you know, I, I can't be a writer like them. And that was so shocking to me because he was only, he was so young he had to be six or seven and I was like, how does a kid decide that that they can't be a writer that they can't write um that they're not they don't have the ability to be a writer at such an early age so um you know i you know did my rah rod you know you know um, you know, encourage him, no, you were going to be a writer, you are a writer, we're going to do this, and, you know, got him to write page upon page, and he was doing his best writing, you know, as many pages as he could of his story, he was so proud at the end, he's like, you know, he showed his dad, and he came to pick up, look at what I did, I did a whole book, you know, writing as much as he could, as best as he could, but I, you know, there was definitely a shame or an embarrassment for him um, in the way that he wrote, he could see the other kids writing neatly and writing line after line and spelling correctly or mostly correctly, and he struggled with that. And I've had a lot of students over the years who don't want to write just because they feel ashamed. And um, so that he and other kids that I've worked with 
in the past really influenced that book. That book is really for them. It's really for them to feel like their stories matter. And it's not about the fact that your handwriting is messy or you have some issues with spelling or, or you maybe can't produce as many words as some of the other kids in the class right now. It's about getting your story out and that you, you can be a writer too. You don't need to decide just based on where you are right now that you can't be a writer. Well, I can tell that you love a whole lot of children. And I am so grateful that you brought your heart into this story and this conversation, as I know, you couldn't help yourself but bring your heart into everywhere you go. But especially thank you, Jamila, for doing something a little different with us, for giving us a chance to speak directly to you and to ask these questions and learn more about you as an author, as well as you as a person inspired to write your name as a story. It's a beautiful book, and we're all really, really grateful that you joined us. I want us all to have a chance to say thank you before I do our closing question. So do you all want to unmute and, and give a little thanks? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for asking such great questions. I really enjoyed this. This was such a pleasure. You, you've all done a really wonderful job and I'm proud of the questions you came up with and the way you think about stories. And I always end my podcast with this question, which is intended to give Jamila a chance to speak directly to you and to all of her readers. So Jamila, I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? So I had trouble thinking about an answer to this because I kept thinking of cliches. Cliches are the things that people say over and over and over again. But I realized that I agree with the cliches and sometimes the cliches are cliches for a reason. So, you know, you can be who you want to be. That's a cliche, but it's true. You know, that, you know, I want you to believe that, that you can be who you want to be. Um, I want you to love who you are. You know, who you are is, 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 is important and who you are is fine and who you are is beautiful. So I don't, if you are feeling uncomfortable um, in, in, in your skin and who you are, if you are not feeling beautiful, if you're not feeling great in some way, um, you know, if you're wishing you were somewhere else, I want you to keep saying that to yourself that who you are is perfect is how it's you know, who you are is how you're supposed to be and that's fine um and that's that's it <laughs>The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by me, Matthew Winner, in my library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 600 episodes at matthewcwinner.com. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and don't reflect the ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Become a patron and you can directly impact and help to sustain the podcast. Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that is a very good thing indeed.
We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cosy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.